welcome to Bucky Radio. We're coming to you inside the walls. We're 50. Uh, we are on episode 50. We've been in these walls for 52 years. <laughs> we all now look and behave like shade. But the senile Please one. Please take an axe to the nearest wall and let us out. <laughs> Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 50, Whoa. Golden Fool, chapters 5 through 9, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, also a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Okay, corrections, omissions, announcements. Hopefully this is the best-sounding episode you've ever heard. I don't know if I did a good job. <laughs> if it's not, don't tell us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Positive comments only in this trying time. Uh, <laughs> changing everything. It's taking a long time. I'm doing it for you. You're welcome. Um, uh, well, shout out to Christine who sent us an email. She's much farther back in the catalog. So by the time she gets here, it will be in the future that makes sense uh she ha- listened to uh, like 30 episodes in two weeks so um you know the you get bin- reward for that the we bingiest like that. the bingiest listener yeah well, you know it's it's probably bad for you to do that but we appreciate the listens i guess you could uh, say she's in binge town oh, oh. <laughs> well, you, that. you thought that up you were saving it <laughs> so in the moment uh no other announcements right we're good okay um plot summaries the first one is chapter five which is me it's called shared sorrows and this chapter opens with some of starling's beat poetry about verity as dragon that i will not repeat but i'm sure that she sings it while holding a large snake above her head and rocking her (laughs) hips back and forth (laughs) Fitz wakes up in Verity's chair in the skill tower, having fallen asleep in the early morning waiting for Doodle, who hasn't shown after the night's festivities. Fitz is a little irritated at being ditched and jots off a passive-aggressive note. I was here, you were not, which is wow, big dad energy. (laughs) Instead of just skilling to him and being like, get your butt here now, uh, Fitz wanders the wall halls for a bit, acquainting himself with some dead ends and old cobwebs before finding his way to Shade's tower, where Shade is drinking tea and Thick is doing chores. Thick immediately tries to skill at Fitz so strongly that Fitz thinks that if he hadn't had his walls up, it would actually have rendered Thick invisible to him. And Fitz very calmly does not wit repel him into oblivion, but instead talks <laughs> to him like a person and says that he won't hurt him. And Thick is different, but not stupid, and Fitz resolves to find a way to make Thick stop hating the stink dog man, <laughs> which I think step one should be take a bath, Fitz, uh, <laughs> and then he won't stink like a dog. Uh, after Thick takes his leave, Fitz is ready to pout and complain over being ignored by Prince Doodle, but Shade isn't interested. He has a missive, missive from the queen. She wants to see Fitz right now. Confused, Fitz is escorted through the walls to the queen's chamber and left alone with her. 
Thinking that Ketrikin had called him there to discuss something political, Fitz is surprised when Ketrikin offers her sorrow over the loss of Night Eyes instead. She said that she could feel when he left. And then she cries, and Fitz is at first panicked over, like, emotions. But Ketrikin shares her fond memories of Night Eyes from when they were on the skill road, and it opens the door to grieving for Fitz, and they console each other for a while. After the crying, Ketrikin blames herself for the wit and doodle, but Fitz, knowing the truth, hedges that it could just as easily have come from the farseer side, but Ketrikin seems confident that it's a mountain trait. After this, Ketrikin brings up the delicate topic of making sure that Fitz is adequately compensated, but not only for his role as skill master and career assassin, but because he's a farseer. And she also asks if Fitz wants to stop masquerading as Lord Golden's servant, to which Fitz is like, whoa, wait, let's not get too hasty. But it's when Ketty asks if she can tell Dutiful who Fitz really is that Fitz gets really uncomfortable. He says that the knowledge is a burden and Dutiful is too young to know. And Ketty relents, but says that she would, she's going to do it someday and she's going to decide when it's the right time, not Fitz. Then she gives Fitz a fox pin that she made to wear on his collar like he used to wear Shrewd's pin. And it's kind of nice for Fitz to feel like he has a purpose again. Finally, Fitz asks about that <laughs> fucking bitch Rosemary. Like, why the fuck is she here? And Ketty explains that she had to take Rosemary in because after the events of the Redship War and Regal's defeat, everyone forgot about Rosemary and she was horribly neglected at court because Ketty had been shunning her and so they were all copying the queen. And that made Ketty feel really guilty. So rather than let a child suffer, Ketty took her in and now she's loyal garbage, I guess. And then Ketty has an appointment to go play a board game or something with Uncle Peter and this little interlude between friends is done and Fitz exits through the toilet. <laughs> Flush. Yes. <laughs> through, <laughs> actually, through, he flushes himself through down into the toilet to get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad there's not a bath in there. He could just stop and take one every mm-hmm. time he the <laughs> rooms. Fucking bitch Rosemary. Rosemary's they baby. talk about her for actually like longer than they talk about Night Eyes. <laughs> Technically, and that's in that chapter. I like that you renamed Dutiful. Doodle, Doodle. Prince Dutiful. It was. Oh, I was cute. calling him. I was calling him Duty. No. <laughs> oh, he's, all right. I just, terrible name. I think that. Well, two things. I think it's really nice that you know Fitz is finally. You know, he's like Shay didn't really understand about night eyes and and even half didn't really understand about night eyes but you know Katrickin knew night eyes like she knew night eyes for himself mm-hmm. they were friends so it's nice to ha- finally have that kind of morning and i wonder if she's done the same for maybe she like understood that because of dutiful's cat i don't know you know you never know what's happening when it's not when fitz isn't around and then also I feel like Verity was, like, really present in this chapter in a weird way. I always feel like that when he and Ketrickin talk, because he's always, like, Verity loved her so much, like, every single time. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it it also starts out where he's, like, in Verity's chair and, like, training Verity's son and then talking to to the queen and, like, you know, like, he's doing all the things that really Verity should should be there doing. He's Verity's shadow. And it's it's kind of a, a callback to a lot of that first trilogy. Um, Ketrickin was so like consumed by the fact that 
Verity didn't seem to be interested in her at all. And you can see that that like still has an effect on her. Like she never really got to know him. Fitz was always sort of his proxy. Yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think that (laughs) like maybe, maybe even from Catrican's point of view, like, like Fitz is her connection to Verity, like even more than maybe dutiful would be for her. Because, you know, he knew him and he was the kind of go-between between between them all the time. And he could feel Verity when he was gone. And He got a new pin. Oh, yep. He's got a new pin. The little fox. Little fox. Hopefully that one doesn't end up on a zombie person. Is is Birch walking around with Shrewd's pin? I wonder. Somewhere. (laughs) Because he's the one that found it, right? And that was the last time we saw it. Yeah. Do you think he kept the gross shirt, too? Oh. <laughs> that was Fitz's like, nicest shirt. integrated by now, but, you know, he's still got the scraps. Just for nostalgia's purpose. Yeah. Is, it, is this the chapter where Fitz is like, Thick isn't an idiot. Yes. He's, he's different. Yes. Which I thought was really nice, but then in later chapters he proceeds to call thick like a manner of terrible names like the idiot <laughs> i don't think he ever yeah, says they, moron but they, it's just they, like you they kind say of dimwit going, like 20 dimwit times. yeah just like it's a matter of fact like oh the dimwit is over yeah. there yeah and mm-hmm. and it's weird that he does that too because in this in this chapter he when shade is like thick no thick stop thick go He's like, you don't have to talk yeah, to him. Yeah, like, that's my yeah, point. Like, you don't have to talk to him He defends like him. He doesn't like that. He understands that you're speaking down to him. Like he... <laughs> And then he proceeds to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Because he comes Something? to his defense and then, nope. Well, I think there's also, like, maybe, like, a weird, like, playground sense of equality where, like, he keeps calling him stink dog. So gonna hurl an insult right back yeah well you're a dimwit that just seems like a blow the belt sort of insult but okay yeah it's not mature (laughs) that's for sure um anything else about i mean there was some stuff about the the they katrickin brought up the game that the out islanders have brought and she said that it was similar to the game that they played in the mountain kingdom with the the runes so she felt like it was connected which is kind of like a nice way to expand the map do some world building runes with uncle patire <laughs> pa- mm-hmm. pater pater <laughs> pater pialta pialta alright well, if we're done, we're done with this section of the castle walls. <laughs> Should we move on to chapter six? Sure. Chapter six is called Obliteration. <laughs> the chapter opens with a travel blogger advertising scenic Bing Town 
It notes that the Chalcedaeans would have conquered their asses were it not for two magics working on the traitor's side. The first is live ships, arcane living figure masts brought to life by child and elder sacrifice. The other, a dragon crafted from gems by Bingtown artisans named in the best game of telephone ever, Tinit Goliath. <laughs> it's like na- pointing at a great beast and naming it Tinnitus. So, thank you so much, Winfroda, for this gift. And if I lived in Bingtown, I would have clipped this guy right out of the newspaper. Tintaglia would be so pissed. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> She's like, what? That's not my name. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a long-ass chunk of a chapter. Fitz and the Fool are talking after Fitz overhears Laurel losing her patience with Lord Golden's carrying on. They talk about Ketrickin, the grief of Nine Eyes, and the fool grieving for Fitz's grief. Fitz says, quote, I am shit at words, and you're way better than me. <laughs> quote, yes, agrees the fool. <laughs> Fitz goes to meet Laurel and realizes that at some point she and Lord Golden Friend broke up. He learns that they're in the same piebald old blood mess boat, and the message intended for her went to Fitz. She talks about the personal old blood pie beef with the farseer throne, eat the rich, etc. She also says that, quote, the piebald rumor is that Lord Golden and Tom Badgerlock were not what they seemed to be. Fitz is so busy introspecting about it, like, wait, which one am I again, Tom? <laughs> Lord? That Laurel straight up scowls at him like, are your ears open or what, buddy? And after a bit, she says, quote, you appeared out of nowhere. Maybe you should get on back there. (laughs) (laughs) Fitz goes to visit Jenna, but Fennel isn't there. So I just glazed over this part, to be honest. I'm sure nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) There was so much. There was so much. gross flesh stuff and then at the end Fennel makes a grand appearance with a half dead rat and when Fitz ends its life Fennel is like you're too stupid to play what's wrong with you and then as they sit down to dinner butter for the cat I have no reason to be nice to you yes you do I am the cat Jenna suggests that Fitz sends Hap to live at Apprentice Boarding School while he learns his trade because he's always out partying and is late for work. Fitz is like, oh yeah, wait, I brought room and board for you in gold pennies. How much could food for a boy cost? A thousand dollars? Fitz goes to visit Hap, who isn't satisfied that he's treated like the younger apprentices. Fitz sees that the city was changing him. My son moved to the city and now he's gay. (laughs) What? Unfortunately, (laughs) just kidding, he has a girlfriend named Svanya, whose dad hates him because teen girls are property, blah, blah, blah. Um, Fitz goes back to the castle and passes the guard room and wishes he could go hang out with the jocks and watch sports. He finds a note in super, super secret code on his pillow that says, up so he goes to chase <laughs> finds another note just throw the paper away honestly and it says to join hefem's troop on patrol and divert to your own goal which is a nice little rhyme which fitz does joining the group and then to slipping away but if chade arranged for tom badgerlock's absence from court like he assumes then why bother joining a patrol group just to spend time losing them to go back to your cabin and it seems stupid Fitz goes back to his cottage to find his door wide open and 30 to 50 wild hogs had done a light B&E in there 
Um, it was also his terrible neighbor. Uh, Fitz gathers a hobo bindle of sentimental stuff. Among these, Hap's greatest treasures, such as his old toy top and his N64. He then <laughs> does what I have been aching to do to my workplace and burns the rest, including the furniture, <laughs> riding off into the night on my black. Dramatic. So dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic. Mm. Alyssa, I will say, I just, as soon as sexy time started, I was just like, oh man, <laughs> Alyssa is fucking <laughs> hating this. <laughs> I, I have a theory that Did Alyssa claimed this chapter. Alyssa claimed this chapter just so that somebody else wouldn't go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be correct. Oh. <laughs> Be so right. As as awful as that sex scene was, it did include probably the best line in this entire like reading section. And I I'll have to paraphrase because I don't know it, but it's it Fitz is sitting there naked on the bed with a dead rat in his hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she's like, Don't get blood on yeah, the sheets. Don't get blood on the sheets. That's great. Wait, this is the scene. This is the scene where his love making with Jenna is described as workmanlike. That's correct. <laughs> oh god! Which is just, all you need to I, know. Oh, I just don't understand what Robin Hobb is trying to say here. Get like, it. you don't understand. No, I, mean, I get it, but like, but like, in terms of Fitz and like his relationships in general, like, I guess this goes into our you know spoiler discussions, but. You know, I don't know. It's just like, cause I mean, it's obviously a thing, but like, is it because you know it's not her precious Molly, and so it's like not good, or is it because you know? I mean, obviously, all of our right questions. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that yeah, I think you're onto something there. But like, I'm sorry, Alyssa, but we're gonna have to do this. It's fine. <laughs> I'll just go over here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go Turn off into the, the area. Yep. We'll talk about that. I've got my beer, and I've got my little toy horse. I'm good. Crossword puzzles while we do sex ed. Yeah. Her fingers loosened the Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And tightened my desire. Oh, God. I knew a moment of sanity when I could have stopped what was happening. But she gave me no... But she gave me no chance to surrender to my common sense, for her hands were at my belt, her oh, fingers warm against God, my belly, Jesus. and I stopped thinking entirely. Uh, let's see. Where's that corner that, that Alyssa went to? Because I think that's probably... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just... I have a point. Uh, without a word, I mounted her, oh, possessed God. her. Possessed her, okay. All that stuff. Uh, and then she said, well... You're a hasty man. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> sucked. <laughs> Underperforming. <laughs> uh, then he was humiliated. Uh, she said, no, the first time is seldom the best. You show me your boy's passion. Shall we find your man's skills? No, don't quote. <laughs> I proceeded in a workmanlike way that soon rekindled both of us. There are several things that Starling had taught oh, me. Oh, God. And Jenna seemed pleased with my second performance. Please. Why is he talking about it like this? She's using exactly the tone it deserves. Yeah, that's about how enthusiastic everybody involved was, so. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, very well done. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what really, honestly, what does this tell us about Fitz's mental state at the time, how he views this relationship with Janet in particular, and maybe sex in general? And Look, yeah. we've all known that Fitz is not a casual sex kind of guy. Exactly. It's just not what he does. He wants marriage sex, and <laughs> yeah. Jenna is not about that life, so... She's got to use a charm, right, to, like, an abstinent... Not an abstinence charm, uh, um... Birth control. She's got to put a blanket over the birth control charm. <laughs> it's a, a turnoff for Fitz. Yeah. Well, and it's like he hasn't had sex without his wolf around, so maybe he just... We talked about, like, how he's lost a lot of senses and things. Like, maybe that could play into it. Plus the depression <laughs> of not, you know, of losing his wolf. And, you know, that's all. That's a lot of pressure. Right. I mean, that that might actually be something. Because, you know, he, Night Eyes helped him live in the moment, yeah. right? Not, not be a planner. In, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe and he's he, definitely in his head here. He's definitely in his head. Yeah, he found it harder to lose himself in this horrible moment. <laughs> it was yeah, really how do you horrible. feel it's, about Jenna now, it's, Ashley? <laughs> and it, it's not because she wrote a bad sex scene. This is not like, no, oh, it was, are you kidding yeah. me, LOL. No, it's, it's purposefully right. Like yeah, she did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, I think it does, it does a lot to tell us exactly what is going on in Fitz's head when it comes to love, sex, relationships, all that shit. I think it's really smart to do it this way because it gives us so much information in such a, only like, what, like three pages? Three <laughs> is it that long? <laughs> the chapter was like 35 pages long and this felt like 30 pages it was like. <laughs> The year of 2020. And she rewards us with these lovely little moments with Fennel the cat where he comes in and ruins it with this so half-dead rat. And I just love that he's like, well, the cat's got a rat. Let's just let the cat bring the rat into the bed where we're both naked and then I'll hold it. In Jenna, like, Jenna's what? defense, and kill it. she and handled kill, that kill so well. The fact yes. that, that Fitz been like, reached over and grabbed the rat and broke its neck. Like... <laughs> And she was like, That's oh, just don't weird. get blood on the couch or the, the bed. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's like, oh, God, how many rats live where you live that you just... <laughs> right. <laughs> know what to do. Yeah, how often has <laughs> this like, been never going to your place, Tom. Never happening. It's like uh, Charlie from Always Sunny. You get here. Yeah. <laughs> bash no, their little brains in. Could you imagine her going to his place, which is a... Very, very small, dark room with a cot. <laughs> Dirt floor, a bucket in the corner, and a bunch of rats hanging out. Those rats, including Ratsy. Do you think, where do you think the fool got all this? Well, I miss Ratsy. All those skulls. What happened to Ratsy? We are not in Ratsy days anymore, thank God. And then, and then uh, at the end, where she's like, "Well, time for you to go, Tom." I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Thanks so GTFO. much. It was great. Gotta go. Bye. It was a. I th I feel like Shit a out. very real and uh, just sad part of the chapter was him being like, "Okay, I guess I hate it here, and I have to stay until it's appropriate to leave." <laughs> <laughs> 
worst. Just the worst. You know, I don't know what. I, I guess what was he looking for? Solace. You know, he's. It, it, so I don't. I am. I'm a little bit of a of a Fitz and Ketty shipper. Like. <gasps> Oh, absolutely. No, I do, too. Yeah, I kind of, like, I get it, and I really, like, I'm into it. So I kind of feel like he had this, like, really emotional moment with Katrickin, and then he goes off to this (laughs) And then he had to get off. the hedge witch. Yeah. Well, because, like, Katrickin is so, like, off limits to him, not even just because she's the queen, but because, you know, she was very... Yeah, I'd be so wrong. Yeah, I would be so wrong. Like, for Fitz would just... There's no way Fitz could justify that, no. I think, in his mind. Well, I think that's also why he always is like, Verity loved you so much, because, like, you yeah. can't say... <laughs> Verity, Verity, Verity! Remember Verity? Verity. <laughs> Big picture of Verity on the wall. <laughs> yeah, so I feel, I feel like that's kind of, like, bookended with that that kind of moment of emotional release that he had with with Catherine and then he goes to Jenna and has like physical release and then feels a little like lost and empty because it's not it's not what he really wanted or needed oh he needs that emotional connection he does he does he's a romantic was there any kissing described yes well all right well that's something it would have been, been weird the, if there was no kissing. That was the uh, yeah, the agreed. most sensual thing. He liked her tits. Yeah. He didn't have to. Oh, he didn't have to heft them though, like Molly's. Do oh, I need to leave again? <laughs> <laughs> we all need to leave. All right, let's move on. We talked about that scene yeah. way more than enough. Um, <laughs> what about Hap? Hap's not doing so great in college. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was too much, too fast for him, and he's entitled somehow which i'm like <laughs> you didn't have anybody and then you were taken in by like a vagabond and now somehow you <laughs> have a sense of entitlement but, okay. yeah i was thinking about he just this. has homeschool problems because he can't socialize properly but he it's not even socializing properly he thinks that the work he's being forced to do as an apprentice is beneath him true yeah it's like he wants to be like I think he longs for the life of a man, quote unquote, a man, so much that he wants to be there already. He doesn't want to level, you know, like he doesn't want to start out and be seen as a boy, like an apprentice. He wants to be an adult because he wants adult things. Like Svanya. Like Svanya. What, is this the chapter where they talk about him not living on site? Like he's not, he's not, he's not in the dorms. Right. Yeah. Correct. And that's, that's why he's living at Jenna's and Fitz has to give her money awkwardly after they have sex. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that was uh, yeah. a weird uh, <laughs> correlation there. He's like, not for that, though. For <laughs> that this is the not... It's for the, the <laughs> kid. But it, they, they think that... They think he'd do better if he was in, uh, like, in the dorms, right? Jenna does, Well, yes. because, yeah, because at least then he wouldn't be, be gallivanting around and showing up late and hanging out with his, his lady He's friend. He's gotta be there so he can move wood from one pile to the next. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotta learn the wood, okay? How's he supposed it to make to the dry correctly. The... It can't get bends in it. It's gotta stay nice and flat. And... Yeah, he's not gonna make good product if he starts out with bad materials. Can't he's, identify you know, shitty materials, yeah. Wax on, wax off, man. You gotta you gotta right? get to the basics before it's you true. can never seen just movie watch before. that movie again. <laughs> he needs his, his training montage. And then Fitz 
goes on his little, hey, by the way, I left all those writings in my cabin. <laughs> oh, shit. All the secrets. All these very important secrets. At least he got Verity's map. Got Verity's yeah. map. Why couldn't he have he just snuck by all... the patrol? Why did he have to join? Yeah, I don't understand that either. It's like it's like they didn't want... No, you know... It made me well, furious. Well, I wonder if it's because he confronted the guys at the at the gate. And <laughs> yeah, they would have known who he yeah. was. Yeah, so he needed the cover of... Because they would have noted him if he'd left by himself. Although, I guess he could have left by another avenue. But like an assassin he needed to go to the stable to get his horse and shit. I assumed it was so the, the Piebalds wouldn't chase him out of town and try to murder him when he's away from town, but... You're so That's so good. Yeah. Hmm. I, think, I think that actually yeah. was the main reason, if I recall. Wow, you're, like, way smarter than us. You, let's go... Let's let Eli talk. Chapter 7. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 7. Eli. Oh, wait. That's... <laughs> I didn't write down the name of this chapter. Um... The intro concerns the proper way to form coteries and appears, based on the author's names, to be one of the same scrolls that Fitz mentions later at the end of this chapter. So according to the scroll, the bigger the coterie, the better, and you simply have to let them hang out and get chummy for a year and whammo, you've got a coterie. Introverts get to be solos, which honestly sounds like the, fu- the most fun kind of court wizard. And the intro also then goes on to claim that the slow or annoying can be important members, so don't cut anyone from the team unless they don't bond with the group. Fast forward to our coterie of one grumpy prince questioning Skillmaster Fitz, why he has been gone so long, and who is he really? New Age Professor Fitz, with no answers to give and no lesson plan, sidesteps Dutiful's questions and asks him, What would you like to learn in school? And in his best Luke Skywalker impression, Dutiful exclaims, I thought you would have a plan. Fitz launches into a recount of history that we already know about how he was taught the skill by evil Galen. Again, they just can't let Galen go. Fitz dropped out of Coterie U and his shitty classmates Bill, Carrot, Hurl, Snufkin... And Latrine went on to actually learn the skill. <laughs> Latrine? <laughs> they, spend, they spend the rest of their career stabbing Verity in the back. Anyway, Fitz finishes lamely. I'm not very good at this. <laughs> what about the wit, cries Dutiful. I suck at that too, says Fitz. <laughs> Come on, turn down the self-deprecation, Fitz. You're not that bad at the wit. But Fitz explains that they should set aside the wit for a bit and try to untangle their magics and work on just the skill first. I'm not really sure where Fitz is getting this from, except that sometimes he's interacted with skill users and they tell him that his magic seems tainted by the wit. But why not use them together is what I'm asking. Um, Dutiful is curious if there are others with both the wit and the skill, and Fitz admits that someone who taught him might be. Uh, Dutiful is interested in learning the wit from Civil, who seems to be friends with him still, despite everything. And after Fitz performs the most excruciating eye roll in history, Dutiful explains that he thinks an enemy would look fairer and feel fouler. (laughs) (laughs) But I am bored of talking about Dutiful's leaps of thought, so let's get on to the magic. 
Fitz instructs Dutiful to open his awareness to the world and is amazed to find that without any other prompting, the prince is skilling like a pro. Fitz also <laughs> notices that he himself is hiding aspects of him and maintaining his walls. Dutiful is completely open and is willing to absorb everything. And Fitz realizes that even in the beginning, he had to hide his wit from Galen. And perhaps this openness is the key to Dutiful success. Duh. Um... <laughs> Fitz starts explaining things and mentions the skill skill river. Dutiful exclaims, What's that flashing? and dives right in <laughs> to be carried away and apart. Fitz dives in after him. He calls Dutiful back to him and skill hugs him together. We get the realization from Fitz that he has improved in the skill quite a bit simply since he has stopped using elf bark. And so Fitz uses his newfound strength to bring the prince back to his senses. He uh, he calls uh, he calls out to Dutiful and then he skill hugs him uh, and then a mysterious being says that he did a good job and but he should take better care of himself and the prince. So Dutiful emerges from the skill exhausted but without any kind of headache and interestingly I noticed that Fitz emerges from this strenuous skilling not with the usual incapacitating headache but rather he continues to lecture Dutiful and then after a bit says he has a burgeoning pain. Doesn't seem nearly as bad as normal. Prepare yourself dear listener before Dutiful leaves the tower he turns to Fitz and he shyly asks are you and Lord Golden you know, and that's it. The chapter's over. <laughs> Wait, there's a little bit left. Back with Shade. Back in the Assassin Tower, Shade informs Fitz on the myriad boring new topics that Fitz finds too boring to even mention. And he even mentions a few that I find too boring to mention. So, one, one thing of import that Shade did mention and I guess I'll, I will say, is that the piebalds are now murdering Old Blood, who will not join them. Additionally, Ketty had some kind of rune board game date with Piotta, and those runes seem to incidentally coincide with the runes on the stone pillars, which, by the way, Shade is definitely going to experiment with. Don't splinch yourself. <laughs> the chapter ends with another encounter with Thick, where Fitz tries to win him over with money, but Thick is like, no, I'm going to get the shit beat out of me if I have money. Uh, and uh, so Fitz offers to take care of Thick's bully. Uh, and aside, which apparently is on the second next page of the notes. Uh, <laughs> my fave part of this chapter is when Fitz was describing that there is no sight or sound in the skill. Even though like less than half a page earlier, he was listening to Thick's skill music. So... Good job, Fitz. <laughs> he always said it's indescribable, so, you know, he's just bad at explaining it. <laughs> so much skill stuff. Okay, so what have we learned about um, Farseer abilities, Dutiful's abilities, Fitz's abilities? And I think, I think Eli does bring up a really great point. Why would you want to separate the wit from the skill? Because the wit is frowned upon. And people who are skilling with you will know that you are witted. I I don't think that there's been any indication, especially with him being the him and Dutiful, the only people we know of that have both. There's no indication that they wouldn't be greater than the sum of their parts. Well, I mean, definitely 
they're they're more powerful when they use them together. I mean, we saw it with Fitz and Night Eyes, you know, Night Eyes using the skill bridge or whatever to attack people. So, like, obviously that's powerful. It's just that if you are skilling with other people, they're going to know that you're witted because right. your magics are tangled. Because everyone was always like, Fitz is witted because like, we can feel the wolf and we know that that's a thing. And, like, I assume that's why... Thick calls him yeah. dog stink. Yeah, Thick Thick definitely knows. He smells so, it. So I don't know that it's wise for that reason, but certainly it would be more powerful. And Nettle also knows it too because she she skill dreams him as a wolfman. Right. I don't right. think she understands it, but yes. Well, do you think it's also because Fitz is basically just kind of in the dark and going off of these scrolls that Shade has, and none of those scrolls know what to do with the wit, so he doesn't know how to, like, incorporate the wit well, into probably. what he's trying to teach? I mean, they also say, like, don't use these magics together, it's bad. Well, that's, that's, yeah, they talk about that at the beginning of my chapter, and it's, I think that's just because of taboo. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying, if that's what he's reading, then, like, I don't know if he's parsing that just, for, like, the that, times. Like, the skill and, bridge know. thing that Fitz and Night Eyes were able to do is so fucking cool that if you could get people to, if you could get, like, ten people with that ability, you'd be unstoppable. Yeah. As long as they didn't, like, skill, like, it wasn't, like, a squirrel or something. Like, they have <laughs> to have an appropriately, like... Hey, small rodents can be very snip, snip motherfucker. Never forget, be. like a trout. <laughs> what if you're a wit bonded with a trout or something? Like, what's going to happen? A, a can you wit bond with a dragon? Can you wit bond with a dragon? Oh shit, that's and a big question. B, is that, that an elderling? Is that just an elderling? I don't. Joey, think... are you telling me that you would definitely walk out into the woods and try to wit bond with a dragon? <laughs> I mean, if. I mean, it sounds like you would be unstoppable <laughs> if you had the wit and the skill, I, and you were skilled. Oh, I want to say that if dragon. you wit bonded with a dragon, you would be subservient, and the dragon would not do anything yes. you want to do. It's that's fine. I'll ride. I'll ride along. That's you would fine. be. You would be a wit slave to the dragon. One hundred percent. I mean, they would want to. They probably wouldn't want to bond to a human because our lives are so short. They think they they think that humans are like insects because they have they're alive for like blips on a screen. Yes, it would be like a human whip bonding to a gnat. Yeah, basically. <laughs> there might be a special dragon out there. I don't know. To I wonder if I'll, I'll, I'll carry that torch. Whip bonded to an old whole ant hive, just <laughs> the entire hive, all of them. Yeah, a whole army of people bonded to one dragon. The dragon well, doesn't care that, about like, any isn't... of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, go over there. You'll all die, but it's fine. <laughs> what about one of those? Uh, what about one of those like juvenile s- snake dragons? You want to be a bonded serpent? to a serpent? Yeah, no, yeah. Would that be yeah. something? I mean, I'm not Gross. mad at it, but like, <laughs> they have a mission to get up river as quickly as possible. So I again, don't, like, yeah, they don't care about people <laughs> either. <laughs> They're doing like yeah, hypnosis. Yeah, you have on to cover people. yourself in so much animal fat. Otherwise, like all of your skin would just be burned off. It could be interesting <laughs> though like, if you whip bonded to the serpent and then you were still bonded when they turned into a dragon. What about a whip bonding with another? Ew. Ew. Mm. That's blobfish. Blobfish oh. human. 
I don't no, think no, that, that any be. of those those beings would allow you to bond with them in any kind of Can way. Can you bond with another person? No, no and that's no. why I don't think that it would work with this because if the person's uh... stupid enough. <gasps> you said animals are stupid? No. I I mean that is just Wit bonding is just skilling with with animals, though, right? Sort of. I mean, sort of. I mean, sort of. Yeah. Wit has always been frowned upon, but also if they knew that people with wit and skill could be, like, ultra Hulk mode strong and beat out people who are skilled, then, like, of course, people are afraid of power, so they would tell people not to use both together, so. True. Who do you think the mysterious person is that Fitz is talking about that could use the wit and the skill that, at the same time? That, well, we know. He tells us. Oh, no, he tells us. It's the it's dude. The it's like the bear man who dies. But, yeah. Oh, he's actually, he says it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, they say he, they think he died. Like, yeah, that's what, well, that's Shade what, tells that's him that he's dead. Yeah. It's in chapter nine. He's like, I've been keeping tabs on everybody you've ever talked to and he's dead. <laughs> when I, when I first read this, I thought maybe it, it was Burrich. Because Birch had been like, what did they call it? Kingsman. Kingsman. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought that maybe that meant he had some skill, something in him. Well, there's no like way he wouldn't have helped Verity more though if he was skilled. Well, he no, was, but he was he was close to the skill by, by chivalry. Yeah. Because he was he was Kingsman to chivalry, and chivalry didn't want anyone to be able to skill into him and spy on him, so he closed him off to the skill. But I think that means that Birch had an affinity even if it was a small amount yeah. right and he still had the wit and also that means that chivalry had to have known that Burrich had the wit that's true yeah. that... maybe chivalry had that horse horse stink about him <laughs> chivalry was just going around like like fucking with people's skill powers no he, he accidentally to, fucked like... with galen and he purposefully fucked with Burrich, and that was pretty much it I'm maybe shade too you don't know fair fair i think if anything happened to shade that was shrewd that fucked around mm -hmm. you forget how old shade is he's older than shrewd it's bazillion one million years old they, they don't have health care oh. he's probably like 55 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shout out to Eli for that really excellent deep cut Star Wars quote. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and then also, who do we think the mysterious being in the Skill River is? It's that lady. It's the same lady. I don't think so. It's that god goddess or something. You think it's a goddess? It's that same one who was helping him put it back together uh, at the beach. A goddess. Whatever. I don't know. Some Wait, feminine power. Wait, where did we hear power. I mean to read better sometimes, I think. <laughs> Wait, who did we hear in this chapter in the Skill River? Just like, he, uh, Fitz had a coach. Fitz had some help. Oh, Fitz yeah, 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 a, that's right. Coach, quarterback. Coach. I mean, it's yeah, debatable if he good. had any help, but somebody definitely was like, oh, hey, good job. You gotta add a boy from somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. good job, but do better next time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's gotta be the same <laughs> as... Either the same one, I mean, if they the acknowledged him, then it would have to be the same one. I would say, like, the same one or, like, one of those things from last time, but 
since they referred to them as like nobody would ever notice you because you're nothingness, then it had to have been the same exact. It was. One. It was. It was Ida. You think it was Ida? <laughs> up in the rivers, you could. What guys? if it was Sa? Earl's balls. I Ida and L in a tangle. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's in there. It was Ida or L. We don't know. I'm not going to say because I don't remember if it's I'm like correct. it could be some elderling ghosts, or maybe it's like when when they melted into the dragon stones and became dragons. Like maybe their souls go to another place, and it's some of those people. I don't know. Mm. That's a really good theory. I like that. That's interesting. Um, there's also just the possibility that it's Tintaglia. Tintaglia! She would have told us. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Queen Tinnitus. She would have been like, get the fuck out <laughs> of the river, bitches. She's too... I don't feel like Tintaglia would have praised Fitz and yeah, specifically not really talked her about MO. the prince. Yeah, that's true. Unless she's just mean to everyone, but for some specific reason, she's very nice to Fitz. <laughs> I see. I felt like it was her in the first time. I don't feel like this is the same person. Maybe she holds humans that have skill power in like a slightly higher regard than just regular humans, and so she's not as nasty to them. Maybe it's Robin Hobbs in like self insert. <laughs> it's Molly. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the river. She's like, hey, it's me. It's Robin Hobb. I live in this. It's the, it's the seldom heard narrator. crying out for Fitz to be a better teacher and not lose Um, his students in the skill river thank you for also pointing out that Fitz does appear to be having an easier time with the skill except he picked up some more elf bark when he went to burn his cabin because he's he's a fucking addict Jesus what happened to the rain barrel you can't take this away from me did he salvage the rain barrel though the rain barrel is burned. It's, it's gone. gone. Oh, yeah. I know. I feel like I feel like Shade should have gone through his things and looked for his stash when he got back. I mean, he he, he didn't burn the whole hut. No, no, he just took everything out of it and then burned it all outside because he was like, "Hey, somebody else might want this cabin someday, but definitely not the furniture." Right. <laughs> <laughs> somebody might want to sleep on the dirt floor, but they don't want this bed. I mean, I get him not wanting the buck to be there but like yeah like, okay, fine, burn the table, i think but... i think he left the lewd scene on the water barrel he gets back he's like sorry fool that i destroyed all your work didn't <gasps> ask first hope you don't mind speaking of the fool <laughs> uh... <laughs> you know so here we enter the uh, gay panic portion of this <laughs> novel. Yay. LG on the LG. Lord Golden on the lowdown. Uh, let's see. I want to actually pull up the quote because he actually is very like, he doesn't, I was kind of proud of Fitz in the, because he wasn't super defensive and like, yeah. what? No, what? Huh? Not gay. Not what? a million years. Shut your face. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never be gay. Um, I feel violent. Something about if you you should I be friends with, he'd be the best friend you can ever have. And dutiful's like, uh, okay, sounds pretty gay. Uh, I hate that there's that air of being 
you know, frowned upon, though. That's kind of a drag. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, he's like, look at me, dutiful. Lord Golden and I do not bed together. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, thanks for being... But, you know, he explains that it was a, that it was a ploy so they could leave. Um, and then he says... I had noticed that you had become cooler towards Lord Gordon of late. If that was the reason behind it, well, you create a loss for yourself and not getting to know him better. Once he is your friend, no man can ask for a truer yeah. one. I like that Aww. he was like, we don't bed together, but let me tell you how much I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it doesn't make sense because he's like, well, Sybil says that Lord Golden likes boys. And I'm like, does Fitz look like a boy to you? <laughs> like... No, we're not implying that there's like weird like pedophilia going on and then being like, but. Mm. Oh, I didn't get the pedophilia vibes. I just thought it was. The boys. The boys. See, that's just his, his <laughs> juvenile way of saying like men. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's I kind of what I, I took it... it as. Not so much. That... I thought it was just like. He came after he came me. To... He came so... after me. Yeah, because he came on to, to Civil and Civil is like. 14 like oh, that for some reason i thought i'm a boy he was i think of him them as being older but i guess they are they are youngins well shit that's creepy well yeah. i mean i mean it's all but, fake but like, still yeah but i mean that they marry at such young ages anyway i don't think it's that yeah. like strange in this world per se yeah i hear you the so i still kind of take it I still kind of take it to just mean... It's not like, as taboo. Yeah, I still kind of take it to mean likes men, not likes boys in that way. And Lord Golden is, of course, a Jamalian, and all know that they care little <laughs> of such things. Never. That I feel like that was the only point in Jamalia's, like, pro column. <laughs> oh, yeah. The We're strange go thing to, to me that. about this, and then it's it was this moment, and then also, like, the stuff with Hap. It's like you can't kiss somebody or date somebody because that's like a step away from fucking somebody, which means you're going to have kids, which means you're going to get married. It's like it's mm -hmm. like that all is all tied together. It has a very so like don't even like, bother don't even bother deals. going near kissing somebody unless you're planning on marrying them. Right, putting yeah. It's like, why it. even bother putting your mouth on them unless you want to have a baby? It's like, okay, like... Just because he had marriage sex with one person and they had a baby does not mean that's the only thing that you could ever do, Fitz. Yeah, yeah he's he's weird. He's very odd. And I don't... I, I think... I don't know if we talked about this not in spoiler section or not, but I, I don't know if it's because of the wit where he has, like, an animalistic view towards sex where it's, like, it's not necessarily about pleasure. It's more about... Procreation. Procreation and fam in the family unit and all that, you know. Maybe. You don't think he I mean got his pleasure out of his sex parental? No, I just I, I think we're we're just talking about the idea that he's like, well, Hap, you can't you can't go out with this girl if you're not going to marry her, yeah. and I can't 
go and I have no I don't really find sex with Jenna pleasurable because we're not going to get married and have babies it's, it's, and it's not baby batter. I would never you know yeah it's whereas like with Molly this... I think he always I mean, intended that even yeah. though it wasn't necessarily like I think that. that's yeah, just batter. the equivalent of when parents are like make sure the first time you have sex it's with someone you love you know it's like well and no babies. actually you can have sex with a total stranger for the first time if you want to I mean I'm pretty I'm like I'm 100% sure Hap is already boning this girl but oh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, for sure doubt. Without, for a sure. Doubt. without a doubt without a doubt that's already happening. That's like, why he's always late. Why the dad hates him why so goddamn like, much. Like, <laughs> yeah. Buttoning, buttoning up his pants and headed to class. Well, and then she in what chapter teens. is it where somebody was like, oh, he's with that girl. So she has mm-hmm. a reputation. Her. Does she really? That slutty oh, girl. God damn it. Fucking hap. <laughs> he's hooking up with the town yeah. crotch. Well, remember. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, that's what you just said. That's what you... No. I didn't mean that she was, like, the whore of the town. I just meant that, like, they might know that she's having premarital sex with somebody. Oh, all right. I just... Okay. I I was new to me, and I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) A town crush. I didn't make that up. It's a thing. As we know, Jamalia, city city of bullshit, pro slavery, weird, you know, just uh, kind of like a bad, a big bad place that really needs to reevaluate and probably overthrow their rulers. Um, is apparently the only pro, as Jenny mentioned, is that they're really okay with being gay there, and that's cool. Uh, which I guess does firmly cement Buckheap and the Six Duchies as like some backwards Sticksville where you gotta get married at 14 and have babies and yeah. all that stuff. Just and so that Jenna, you can have hope Jebediah. to get a grease skin window or whatever the fuck it is. Right. Basically and Jenna's living like, in the look, I can town. make birth control. But I can only make birth control for myself. I cannot liberate the women of Buck. It's just for me. Gotta get themselves some wizard with charms, man. Like, honestly, if she really... She could really help out Svanya and just be like, Hey, you want a charm? Yeah, right? Like, let's suit you. Please. Gosh, if only they knew about the wizard wood charms. I know, man. How many babies do you sacrifice for that's, her? That's like 90% of her business, though. <laughs> Ida and Elle don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tintaglia eats babies, but Ida and Elle, they're fine. That's like, no, it, like all all of Jenna's business is, is like um, charms like that, and then like impotence charms. Anti-impotence <laughs> charms. Oh, God. Charms for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one way to do it. For women who got stuck that's in a marriage that they're really just buying. not a Viagra. Birth control and Viagra. Hedwitch. See the head w- hedge witch. Oh, God. All right. Cool. I'm glad I brought it up. Um, <laughs> what else? Anything else that we didn't talk about either? Oh, gosh. Chad said a bunch of stuff. 
Yeah. Are we at all worried about um, Doodle's thirst for skilling? Well, we're always worried for thirst for skilling. I mean, we know that the skill is a stand-in for addiction. He seemed to really like it. Yeah. I feel like he's going to get sucked in. Mad powerful. He's just going to get... <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna, gonna whip bond with a dragon and he's the end. Make meth in your apartment building. <laughs> awesome. You know, I just feel like Buckkeep could really use a little bit of progressive thought. I mean, yeah. they're burning people alive. You can't like they're oppressing gay people. Like it's just it seems like maybe it might be a shit bill. Like they got rushes on the floor. I women, mean, maybe there's no birth control. Point. Like women are either whores or like. Well, I run. mean, I will say that you know, in Buckkeep, the women do get to be soldiers and you know That's have true. power, and and so they are progressive in that way. Have we forgotten that though? Because I feel like all his interactions with the guards have been bros. Well, the women have their think... own steams. Yeah. Uh. He's only seeing the bros. I mean, I assume that came from, like, their out-islander heritage. Because, like, obviously they respect women and have a, you right. know, matriarchy in that land. And so they came, and so they came here and it's just, like, more equal, even though it is still, like, the patriarchy, but it's not as bad. Well, it is <laughs> funny, too, because, like, the Mountain Kingdom seems, like, pretty chill as well, and... Yeah. The Outlanders so... are... It's like, well, where are you getting? Is it really all that, like, leakage from Chelsea Dan? Or Chelsea... Chelsea yeah. Chelsea? Chelsea? Yeah. No, it's like, from Shokes. Yeah. From Shokes. It's all those Shokes assholes. Everyone in Shokes. They're like the... Conservative. Bostonites. Bostonians. Why are we insulting Boston? I, I'm not insulting Boston, but everybody knows they're hard asses. <laughs> well, pack, pack your house over here. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> what about my house? How's 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 merging in Boston? I can't remember. <laughs> merging like yeah. in traffic. Yeah, in traffic, <laughs> definitely in traffic. Well. A beautiful horse designed all the roads, so it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, are we all back? Mm-hmm. I just need to yeah. eat a couple more Cheetos before we get going. <laughs> mm. <laughs> are they flaming hot? No, they're regular? baked, because baked Cheetos are the best goddamn thing ever put on this planet besides pizza. Wow. Oh god, I want pizza. They're not greasy, about- and they're like extra crunchy, and it's fucking amazing. Listen to this. Hold on. <laughs> oh shit! Get that audio. You hear that crunch? That's some good crunch. Crunchy audio. Fucky <laughs> Radio, sponsored by Baked Cheetos. Baked Cheetos, <laughs> the snack of choice for people who believe in birth control and <laughs> and dragons and dragons. And dragons. <laughs> 
<laughs> just living your life and being chill and cool and not being shitty to people and imposing your expectations of on others, really. I don't really understand why that's If so we could hard. just combine a whole bunch of the things from these cultures, we could make the perfect place. We could place. make the perfect place. You'd light right. up your oasis. I'd be in there. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to restart Kelsingra. It's going to be a city of <laughs> love and art and... No dragons allowed. But no skin touching. None of that. No, no skin oh, touching. No, no, no. Gross skin touching. It's no it's flesh geez. stuff. No flesh. Everyone's a perfect skeleton. No, no flesh, no fluids. No, no fear. business. It's just like the Ace City. It's fine. <laughs> oh, what a dream. We keep all of our garbage in alleys behind our houses, not in front of right. our houses where it drifts into our living room. You guys, Chicago different. blew my mind how clean it was because they have those fucking back alleys for trash. I'm like, whoa. There's nobody in that city, though. It's like a fucking ghost town. It's so weird. weird. It is weird how ghost town it is, especially in the morning. You walk down the street and there's no one there. Sounds great. Just wind. (laughs) Just wind. (laughs) Disconcerting. There's like 45 drunk dudes sitting outside my window right now. I don't know. I'd love to. Well, you're like, you're packed in there like damn sardines, so you can't really compare. Welcome to Anarchy City, USA. Yay. MT Anarchy. Where everyone <laughs> follows the rules exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> okay, chapter eight, Joey. Chapter eight, ambitions, a.k.a. skillful dutiful. The intro is about magical lore. Head witches, scryers, etc. The magic systems are all connected somehow uh, basically, wit magic is evil because of some old dude says so, and don't do that magic. And I still don't know what the hell scrying is. I think it involves water and <laughs> you looking look into, into water, it. like Galadriel. Uh, okay, so it's scrying. like when mirrors were magic. I did. Was that a thing at any point before this chapter? Because it yeah, just yeah, mirrors. All right, so scrying. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You can do it at any mirror, Jesus. <laughs> Shades cries in the first book. Shades, the first trilogy. Shades scrying into water. Um, Fitz, Fitz is teaching Dutiful the skill, which is hard because Fitz is bad at the skill. Fitz exercised <laughs> caution as he is wont to do. Chad also asked Fitz to teach Thick the skill, but Thick refuses to, sh- to show up because he hates Dog Stink Man. Meanwhile, Dutiful is boundlessly able to skill, and Fitz, short on good lesson plans, teaches Dutiful Nettle's stone game. Not uh, Nettle. Kettle. Kettle. Wait, what? Get your Nettles. Nettles. I've mixed... <laughs> <laughs> Kettle is a really old woman, and Nettle is his daughter. <laughs> yes, yes. Kettle, Kettle stone game. That's what I meant. Kettle is the old lady's really game. old daughter. That super old lady. He's good at that, too, and Fitz is kind of annoyed that Prince Dutiful is a natural to the skill. She beat him. (laughs) He's totally pissed. A Jade claims he showed Fitz a skill scroll that Fitz doesn't recall ever being shown, and Jade gets kind of irate, and and, and Jade's brain is, like, maybe going or something. Very much going. Um, (laughs) I I shouldn't be laughing because it's sort of sad, but it's just... It's so kooky. It's just so kooky. Um, Joey's looking forward to that. 
<laughs> the the scroll is about skilling related pain. Apparently, if you skill enough, pain eventually subsides, and you don't need no stinking uh, elf bark herbs. And as a personal aside, th th this is my same relationship with drawing because it seems like every time I start drawing or sketching something, I forgot I've forgotten how, even though it's my job. But <laughs> I kind of feel like fits in this way. <laughs> It's always painful. It's always painful. Um, Fitz entertains the possibility that damn Galen, yet again, had something to do with Fitz's skill stunting, but rules that out. And and Jade wonders if the wit is interfering with Fitz's, Fitz's, Fitz's skill use. <laughs> and we're all like, I don't know, maybe. Um, and oh, by the way, let's not forget that Fitz's skill compelled that Fitz skill compelled dutiful to obey him. And can we kind of reverse that? And nobody fucking knows. Um, and then does does Duty even know that? No, he does not. <laughs> and then Fitz <laughs> mentions that in addition to skilling, uh, Fitz is also sparring with uh, Dutiful with blades. Um, so there's there's some good some good uh, fighting going on, some good broing going on. And uh, and I'm just kind of like, well, good that he worked out. Uh, some PE into those lesson plans, um, mind, body, and soul. And then Fitz explains how he's teaching the skill or skill shouting. And then he's teaching skill messaging. And then like, do you think teachers have to try? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, then the convo uh, pivots back to Thick, and the dude's loudly skills singing or whatever it is, and it's interfering with all the lessons, and it's just a real mess. And uh, can we send that idiot away? And those are Fitz's words, not mine. Um, like I said earlier, it seems like Fitz had no problem rushing to his defense in an earlier chapter, but every time he describes him, he calls him a number of very insulting names, dimwit, idiot, etc., um, Thick can't read, he's a bad servant, but by God, if he won't be some on someone's coterie, probably. Um, and that's where my mind has been this whole chapter is, I feel like we're making a coterie, maybe. Um, ahem, and, 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 and <laughs> things get a little interesting as we find out that Shade's sampling some herbs for quote-unquote some problem he's having and it turns out he's trying to learn the skill and he's trying to open his mind to it and he is he is a farseer after all and he was never given a chance to learn it and he has some of the lesser magics he scries into water and he's getting really fussy and kind of defensive about it and he has a birthright to it he's a fucking farseer and now he's angry he's fucking angry now and he's very resentful even and we're all just sort of like, calm down, Shade. And Fitz is just sort of a bastard, too. Remember, he's definitely a bastard, too. And uh, by the way, he's been trying to learn it out of necess necessity because he didn't know that Fitz was going to be there to teach it. So it's not his fault that he has to learn it. And as an ulterior, ulterior motive, it turns out he really just wants to skill heal his mind back to being younger, which... I think we we can all agree would be a really good use of the skill. Um, and it turns out that um, Shade, Shade had always had a really sharp mind. 
I don't know what that's like because I have a shit memory myself, and I could use I could use all of the skill. And it turns out Shade is also using color coded binders to remember stuff, which is just bizarre to me. And I I I, I mean it's kind of genius because I guess he has to remember a lot. But it, it, I, I, I really think that this is a moment where Robin Hobb might just have binders on the Farseer <laughs> universe. <laughs> and they're definitely color-coded. Um, so a little bit of the rider peeking through. Um, and then later, Fitz has met up with Hap and Splanja or Spranja or whatever the hell her name is. At the Svanya. Svanya. Is there a V? I don't know. At the Stuck Pig. And her dad's not much into the idea of, of Hap, you know, being with her. And he doesn't want his daughter cavorting around with that the struggling cabinet maker, duh. And uh, it's really just honestly not all that interesting. And uh, Spl- Splanja, uh, <laughs> with Splanja on his mind, his Hap's studies are still struggling, but Fitz refuses to for- forbid their relationship. And uh, Fitz is trying to avoid Jenna, but he's scared of, because he's scared of sex or asexual, perhaps. But he fails after a booty call. And then there's some fatherhood conversation with Jenna about what to do with Hap. And the Farseer universe is least interesting character, even after Hans. Boo. <laughs> rude. Yeah, totally. Rude. No. That was rude. Hap, Hap, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Hap does not interest me as a reader, listener. I'm not interested in, I'm not interested in Hap. He, he's bad at making cabinets, and he's hooking up with a girl in he's college. He's not bad at making cabinets. Care. He hasn't even gotten a chance to make a cabinet yet. He might actually he has... be very good at making cabinets. Well, he's going to flunk out before he gets to that point, because he <sighs> dude can't learn to wax on, wax off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and the chapter ends after he gets dressed and leaves, and it turns out Fitz is definitely not in love with Jenna, and she is not beloved after all. Well, well... Does he call? Does he actually say that about beloved? No. No. <laughs> That's my interpretation. You're welcome. Oh, I thought that was in the text. Yeah, Jenna. Do you think this is wise? What we do? <laughs> Foolish, wise. She said. What does it matter? Foolish, wise. De- de- it's it's implied. Tell me it's not implied. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the word fool. I saw it. I saw the. It's confirmed. <laughs> Oh, yeah, here he says, and I would that there was more to this than just adults taking a risk for pleasure. I see, well, perhaps in time there may be, she offered, but I but I knew then that perhaps she had deceived herself as to what we shared. Uh, Jenna's not trying to get married. It's, okay, she's she's just looking trying for to, like, some casual hang times. Jeez. She does yeah. not want the marriage sex. Yeah. This guy's suddenly, like, like moving shit into her apartment and she she put his boots out on the welcome mat Mm -hmm. she was not interested get out you're done i i really feel for shade not being being denied the skill and like everyone discussing how they're going to like train dutiful in the skill and just kind of leaving him out He's yeah, ageist, he gets he, just because he's old. He, it does suck, and yeah. I I I want to believe that in the future, and I don't I have no idea, but I want to believe that he's in this coterie. <laughs> so, in the beginning of this chapter, they talked about the different types of magics, and some of them are close to each other, and others are not. 
And I don't think it went into mm-hmm. too much detail, but I want to believe that the scrying is near the skill, and skill. that's why he's like, oh, hey, I've got a chance at this. Right. He's like, I have I have some magics. Why wouldn't I have this other magic? There's no reason to believe yeah, that I... Yeah, he's got some minors. Like why dud. wouldn't he have a major to go with it? Yeah, yeah. What if he's just got his Wicca book and he's not really doing it, but he really wants to burn some candles. That's so sad. I really hope he has the skill. I really do. He's sitting there with yeah. a Ouija board by himself. I know, it's right? Like, you <laughs> have the working. skill. Just move. <laughs> but we also got um, the writing about the different kinds of coterie members, right? Like people who work in groups, people who are solos, people who can be drained for power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got your stupids as the tanks. <laughs> it was a little bit like a and d group where it's like yeah. this one you can send out as a solo. These ones will work as a team. You got your rogues, your healers, your tanks. <laughs> Your old mans. Your old mans. <laughs> That's what, you know, the DMs, they have lots of binders. <laughs> so many binders. Color-coded. Color-coded binders. So you never you never want them to, like, be like, oh, is that what you're going to do? And then they have to look for a binder that they didn't have ready. It's like a backup binder where you're like, shit. <laughs> we went the wrong way. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> flip, flip, flip. Um, yeah, it seems like, I, I think you're being really uh, nasty to Hap. Hap is, is, uh, is interesting dude. as a person can be given the page, the page number that he has to yeah, work Yeah, and with. I, I just, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I think we're not acknowledging enough that, like, Hap has overcome some shit. Like, he was abandoned. Yeah. And then taken in by this guy who lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere and had a weird relationship with the wolf. <laughs> And now he's back to city life and he's just trying to figure out who he is in a city at a very awkward age, regardless of what your circumstances mm-hmm. are. And I feel like you're just being real judgy wudgy and I'm not here for it. Well, he's okay. He's also kind of been abandoned. No, yeah, all right, hold exactly. On. He, like, totally, he totally had this apprenticeship handed to him. He didn't earn it. And I know, I know, well, he grew up as an orphan for a few years. Dude's connected to power you now. You apply and you get. It's it. not like they're it. showing up with a portfolio and asking to get. Yeah, hired. he didn't even <laughs> have a portfolio. He, he but said they don't. To. He's not he's, supposed to already be a cabinet maker. He's an apprentice to learn how to become to a fucking get cabinet coffee. maker. He didn't even have molding or anything. He didn't even have log turning. No. He just you're no. call, he's you're a little He may have been an orphan, he but he's a little a privileged dream right now. And an idea for his future, and he's paying money to have somebody nurture that, and that's perfectly okay because he's that's not, what the system yeah, is. He grew up in a house without any he's, furniture and thought, if I could make furniture, <laughs> then I could have a bed and I wouldn't have to sleep in he, the corner on a bag of hay. And it, it, they made it, so they made it sound like, too, not like college. It's like he's 15 and they stuck him in second grade with a bunch yeah. of seven-year-olds. Well, but He's he got to catch up. He didn't come in shit. with a portfolio. Like, fuck that. Like, he needs to pay his dues. There's you always have to start from the bottom and climb up, so he just needs to do it. Mm-hmm. Thank He's you. He's just like the That's old intern that like had to go to extra years of like community college and is now starting late. He's the bumpkin, but he's still. I mean, <laughs> he's being paid for. It's not like his room and board is free. He's not being paid. He's like no, kid. No, his Did life, you have to pay for I his mean, lifestyle. 
No, I had to take out loans, goddammit. He's not taking He's out not, loans. He's not. Oh, my God. He's not that old. He's still a kid who is boning somebody, but, I mean, I don't know. He's just... He may not be waxing on, but he's definitely waxing <laughs> somebody off. Who struggled. You know I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> As somebody who spent countless hours drawing skeletons and figure drawing by myself... This boy needs to get on his studies. That's all I'm saying. I get it, saying. Joey. I get it. He did not struggle as much as you. You are the shade. <laughs> he, you are shade right now. I tried, I tried my very best later. to save you, dude. I did. I tried so hard. <laughs> Find yourself a scrying pool and stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, do chapter nine, please. Chapter nine. Stone Wager. Uh, the intro talks about a skill instructor being mindful of their students being tempted by the skill, saying it's better to be cruel early and chastise them for such behavior than to lose them to the skill and have regrets. Ominous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, send out the White Ravens. Winter has arrived. Um, Fitz is too busy to enjoy Winterfest, despite the fact that Lord Golden has hired two others to do his job for him. <laughs> but he still has to teach the prince and go riding with Lord Golden and attend him at all the social functions where uh, Lord Golden is leading the discussions in certain directions like the wit so that Fitz can listen in and gather intel. He's also supposed to be teaching himself the skill, but he's his own bad student procrastinating and heading to town instead to see Jenna. I guess that's still a thing. I don't know. That part confused me, but blech. Um, <laughs> it seemed like there was a cycle. <laughs> Um, his other duties include looking for piebalds and spying on Sybil without much luck at either task. Um, Ketrickin does outlaw executions by, except by royal decree, so that's helpful for the old club, so yay for her. Um, so with all that on his mind, Fitz heads down to Buckkeep Town to look for half of the stuck pig, but sees Laurel instead. He's pissed because her shade-appointed bodyguard is not with her, so he decides to join her instead. There's a little exchange where she's like, well, you don't have a bodyguard, and it's, yeah. She has a point. Um, it turns out that Laurel has been threatened by the Piebalds, and they had left her a note saying to leave Malta and My Black in a certain paddock one night, but she doesn't do it. Instead, White Cat paid the price and was dead in her stall next morning, and let's just have a moment of silence for White Cat because she's in the fifth Fucked up. This is for Alyssa. Thanks. Uh, so Fitz feels guilty and Laurel starts crying, so he hugs her, and then because Fitz's life has apparently become a CW show, Jenna picks that exact moment to pop into the stomach <laughs> and sees them in their compromising position and promptly walks out. And Fitz can't leave Laurel, so drama. Oh, I can um, see her definitely not looking at Fitz. Uh, so Laurel tells him that she heard the stuck pig was uh, a hangout spot for the witted, which sets the sometimes rusty gears in Fitz's head turning. Um, he discusses the matter with Shade, but they don't really get anywhere with it. This, like, whole section is just, like, so much stuff. Um, he avoids Jenna because he's awkward. He's still failing Hap, who thinks Fitz is neglecting him. He's right. Because he is. Um, <laughs> Fitz is still weirdly annoyed that he's invisible as a servant in Buckkeep, and Nettle keeps trying to trap him in her dreams. She can get a word in, but Fitz is trying his best to neglect that child, too. Um... Then he's got to make time for Dutiful, who has gotten himself into quite a situation. The prince was questionably teaching Sybil how to play the Stones game. Fitz is not happy about that. And Sybil went and told Eliania that she couldn't play with them because it wasn't a game for girls, so fuck off, Sybil. 
Um, and then Dutiful went and let Girl play anyway, because he's an idiot, and he ended up letting her win because of, like, you know, political things, and then told her that no girl could master it, but perhaps a beautiful woman could, again, because they're living in a CW show, oh Eliania overhears. And so now that's a thing, and fits his shit at diplomacy, no kidding. So he tells him to talk to Shade about it, because Dutiful's suggestion of figuring out a way to erase her memory with the skill is apparently not a thing. Um, on his way back to his room, Fitz stops at Shade's tower and finds him and Thick there. Thick is very perceptive with the s- skill and knows that the prince is sad because of stupid girls. I like that part. And then Shade asks him how Nettle is and Fitz freezes. And then Thick leaves and they argue for a good couple of pages over Nettle and in compromise, Fitz finally agrees to try and train Thick instead. Oh, and Black Ralph is dead. So sorry to Hilda the Bear because I don't really care about Black Ralph. <laughs> oh, so this is this is the chapter where they talk about yes Black Rolf. I just love that Fitz like the whole time's like there's another that I think and blah 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 and she's just like yeah I know dude and he's dead sorry yeah. <laughs> we still have to try right. and get your daughter. So this um, this coterie is this coterie that is yeah shaping up seems to be seems to be shaping up, emerging from the garbage pile of... It's just all the people connected to Fitz. Island of yeah. Misfit Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is weird, too. There's so, like... Like, you know, they, they want they want to keep Fitz's identity a secret, but Dutiful has so much information at this point. One, he knows that, that Fitz knew Verity, that he, tra- that he trained under Verity, that he was around at the time that the bastard would have been around. He knows that he knows Shade, that there's other secret pe- Like, it's just like... If, Does, the fact has that he, he ever mentioned actual Fitz? at any point i forget i don't think so but Mm-mm. when fitz was telling Build him that he trained under galen he said that galen didn't like him because he was illegitimate yeah yeah so he literally was like, Oops. i might be a bastard i'm a bastard not that bastard <laughs> like, not the one bastard you know about that has the, one... the wit yeah, and then, like, oh, another one. Dutiful's also like i thought you only trained with my father and he's like uh uh oh there were other people too um i can't talk about it it's classified I mean if Dutiful wasn't so distracted by the fact that he's gotta like marry this girl and his mom telling him constantly to be sacrificed and like all this other shit that's going down and like Civil trying to start bullshit drama I I think he probably would have figured it out by now well they're also like skilling together and I mean I know Fitz has his walls but his walls that say, don't look here. This is where I keep my secrets about being the, the <laughs> Fitz Chivalry Fitz's black secret. box. It just says this it. Is, this, what's this box labeled Fitz Chivalry? Oh, don't look that. <laughs> like, oh, that's nothing. I just knew it once. It's nothing. fine. It's, it's in the shape of a, a wolf. It's a word I heard once. Yeah, not to mention Very he knows secret. that he had a wolf. And like, out. Like, you know, Fitz had a wolf. And do you really think that, like that Ketrikins never told him the story that she got out, like, that she was smuggled out of the castle by, like, the fool, and, like, did she, I mean, maybe she did. Maybe she hasn't shared any of that information. Well, he doesn't know anything about Verity, so I feel like she just doesn't talk about that stuff. I yeah. feel like Ketrikin would so have sad. been on the defensive side of Fitz, though, when any time someone is talking about the witted bastard. Yeah. 
Right, where she would be, she'd be like, you mean fit chivalry. <laughs> we don't call him the witted bastard. We call him fit chivalry. Um, yeah, I like that we were back at the stuck pig with that. That's a, that place was there in uh, the first trilogy, uh-huh. right? That was the bar they used to hang out at. Well, that's where, yeah. that's also where Hap was, uh, was, was meeting up with, uh, Splanja. Mm-hmm. Seems to be <laughs> a hot happening place. <laughs> Splanja. It's the, it's the witted hangout it's spot. The cold What's the pig bar? stuck in? <laughs> Mud. I think it's got stuff stuck yeah. in it. I do like Drama. when he walks in to, like, see, to, like, sit with Laurel. He's just, like, eyeing all of these people suspiciously, and then they just, like, get up, and he's like, oh, I guess they're not, like, you know... <laughs> that's bad bad at it but then it turns out that the pie ball by the way all this other shit's going down they're still here they're still fucking around and yeah. they can still get into supposedly secure areas well and we know that he's Poor been doing cat. repeat minutes to minutes visits to jenna's house so oh yeah they absolutely mm-hmm. know like they followed she's him got a back target from her on house. her back and hap lives there so he's got a target on his back like the whole thing what about the cat? They might they might skin yeah, the cat. Oh my god! Just kill, you know what? Kill kill Hap, Jenna. Fine, just leave the cat alone. I agree. I concur. <laughs> Fennel is the most important. Fennel wouldn't it's the go main down character. without a fight, though. He'd Fennel would be like, that. "I am the cat." Yeah, I am the you cat. You will not kill me. <laughs> off. I am the cat. <laughs> you'll feel better. Um, coming up yeah that whole shit where it's like girls don't know how to play chess wow wait so there was another there was another chick there another like yeah thrash who that hussy is like some and 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 he some hotter slightly older girl well yeah because she she wanted to play and only so he they made like a bet on it and if he won then she was gonna have to like serve him in civil breakfast the next morning and then if she won he had to go on a ride with her but then he realized as he was going to beat her that she it would look really bad if she was serving them breakfast so he's like well i guess i gotta let her win and then he had to save face and then eliana overheard he yes of course and he said the thing he said the I mean, was that an insult to Eliana or a, a compliment to the to the other late to the other one? Well, I think it's it's the fact that this girl is angling to get the attentions of a prince who is obviously very engaged to someone <laughs> like right there. So she's she's she is being what I think they call a hussy. Ah. <laughs> a, te- a technical term. <laughs> that hoe. You think that when he was winning the game, she went, advantage to you. <laughs> I I think, I just think it's funny that, that they taught him a new game, and then was, he was like, go play it by yourself, because that's what I did. I used to play it by myself, because I had <laughs> And instead of playing it by himself, he went and played it with his friends, and now he's like, you have how dare you have friends? How dare you teach people this you game? You have to be alone. My secret skill game. My secret skill game that you could like read about in a scroll. Like it's been one of the he intros. He just doesn't like on Sybil. one of the chapters. He does. Well, yeah, I don't like Sybil either. He can I just right off. 
like when he's like, how dare you say that about, you know, girls not being able to play this game, a woman taught me this game. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, women? Girls that taught girls. you this game? You know women? <laughs> I mean, that is surprising for him, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. That was like a, that was a point, that was a point negative to Dutiful there. Well, that's like when it becomes very apparent that, you know, Dutiful's 14 or whatever. Yeah. Dumbass. Girls have cooties kind of shit. Yeah. He's 14. Right. It, girls shouldn't have cooties at that point anymore. My God. Well, 11-year-old girls have cooties. Maybe. All right. Shall we move on to every episode sure. prompt? squeaking. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I'm like, does your chair have something to say? No. I don't know. <laughs> it's never speak before. And all of a sudden, it's like... Half, half made the chair. Oh, <laughs> God, Joey, what are you going out for half? The chair's not made out of half. Are we going to have to change the does fit suck section to like, <laughs> how much does Joey hate half? I guess so. <laughs> Is half a, tr- a proper mishap? You know what I think? I think that like Joey, it's not fits that Joey had a problem with. It's like an adolescent young man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ever- did the teens it's the arts, it's <laughs> the the arts teens. student we're, we're the terrible teens terrible every episode prompts friends in high places character introductions and exits we did have some exits off screen uh, Black Rolf died at some point in the narrative and Mo- um, White Cap poor White Cap was murdered uh, horribly I don't know if we got the name of the, the new ferret earlier but it was in my chapter and its name is Gilly we have a new, yep, the new oh. ferret. Very young, very happy. Ple- what does he say? Like pleased with his his own with his youth, or, with his with youth, his, <laughs> with his youth. Yeah. What I named him Snip Snip. I like Gilly. Gilly's a Next good time. I like Gilly. Snip yeah. Snip. Uh, Lady Advantage. Lady Advantage. You know, whenever <laughs> a character is like the opposite of their name, I go. <gasps> But when a character is exactly the same as their name, I'm also, <gasps> I love it. <laughs> advantage to lady. Advantage. What did we decide was a good name for someone? Because it didn't matter what you were. You were. Sincerity. You sincerity. Yeah. Or sincerely. You were, sincerely. Oh, you were sincerely yourself. Yes, sincerely. Yeah, because you're always, no matter what. Uh, skills acquired. Fitz and company learn and grow. What new skills, trademark, were shown in this section? Well, he learned how to have moderately better sex with somebody. Because he, he? employed what <laughs> Starling taught him. Oh, God. Like, no. I, Nothing like P- using like, an old partner's yeah, tricks. PSA, never admit that. <laughs> well starling liked it i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with saying like i have built my skills over the years however i think <laughs> on many a i women. think there is something wrong with being like my you know my ex so and so really loved this number like we don't need that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> turn on yeah what's that what's the episode of seinfeld the move yeah his the move, move yeah. and then What's his it's face like tries a... to do it and it was wrong. <laughs> and then he doesn't want to be his karma oh cat anymore. He's like, no, we're done. <laughs> Can't do it anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> um so yes, they're they're working on they're doing a lot more skill messaging, skill texting. I've, uh so that's good. We're kind of 
figuring out how to maybe become a team. I think we're in like the early Mighty Ducks kind of like <laughs> montage where. But he's like skill shouting still so that everyone hears it. Everyone's shouting over yeah. each other, but eventually they will make harmonious music. Maybe. Yeah, Robin Thicke's laying it down real hard oh. so nobody else can just, hear them. He's really trying hard with that to lay that bass line down so everyone knows how to move. Uh, animal Assist, I guess we shout out to Gilly. Shout out to Fennel for killing the rat. Half killing the rat. Well, shout out to Fennel for interrupting the terrible sex. Most importantly. <laughs> and the rat that so had that, to die for So that it. no one had to go for round three. Oh, God. <laughs> What did he say? You broke it. You made it. You broke it. You broke it. It's yeah, no fun anymore. It. It's not fun anymore. You don't know how to play. <laughs> He's like, I've no, been watching you for the last That's 30 exactly minutes. The point. And... Stupid man. <laughs> yeah. It's like your performance over the last 20 minutes wasn't so great, so I brought you a rat. This will go better for you. This will make things less awkward. Here you go. <laughs> Uh, was the fool there and how fabulous was he being? Not enough. He was not really around too much. Yeah. Ignored. Forgotten. Neglected. The fullest section. Had to hire two other, two other people to do Fitz's job because he's never around. Well, he also sucked at it, so. (laughs) Yeah, but the castle doesn't know that. The castle just thinks he's keeping on this useless, hot serving man (laughs) for no reason. <laughs> oh, they no, have his brute force. We all—he's he could be a bodyguard still. He's just not good at anything else. He's there to naked fight people in the showers. I need I him to the... lean on at dinner. I hope the lackeys are better with his clothes than Fitz were. Fitz was. Yeah. Yeah. No balling up silk shirts, please. <laughs> Get it right. Got it. <laughs> Fitz Misery the Bastard has a moment. Heroics, tantrums, extremely bad decisions. That sex was really a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) Many sessions. He saved Dutiful from the Skill River. I'm just, I'm really concerned that he's very depressed because like, yes, he didn't like the sex, but then he still goes back for the sex. That's not okay. He's just trying to... He's acting out. Yeah. I think I think he is really depressed, Ashley. Which, I mean, fair. He's uh, fair. understandable, but, like, he's not making good choices. Whereas, like, if Night Eyes were still there, he'd be like, you are not enjoying this. We should not be doing this. He'd be like, dear God, man, Let's please go. stop sharing these moments with me. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> he's like, I knocked him out, and then I, d- I just took over. Because... <laughs> Worked out. Night Eyes would be like, We're not getting her pregnant, and I'm not involved. (laughs) The charm would have blocked him from the room, and then Fitz would have been like, I don't like it. I can't can't share with Night Eyes right now in this room. It's like Superman kryptonite. So, obviously, Jenna walked in on them when they were in the the club, and. Mm -hmm. She was a little salty about him embracing um, Hunty. So, do we feel like she's developing Hunty. the Hunt's lady? I can never remember her name, so I call her Hunty. Hunty. <laughs> Hunty. Um. So, do we think that she's they're gonna do that just stereotypical situation of like, oh, she's developing feelings because women can't just have casual relationships. 
Well, I think, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think, I, I don't, I, I feel like Jenna is casual, but like, does he cuddle and hug Jenna? I, <laughs> I guess. It. He's too awkward for that. It's just too busy he, being he just guy. like runs a clock and he's like, okay, I will cuddle you for 14 seconds and go. <laughs> <laughs> he, Get that egg timer going. I think that also like to go back to Fitz kind of being depressed, it's like, okay, not only has he lost his wolf, but he's left his old life behind. He burned all of his papers. He's not going back to that cabin. And he can't, he, he's, we know he's upset about the fact that he is not Fitz. Yeah, he's constantly having his old life thrown in his face, which is not easy. Right, right. And he can't acknowledge who he is and where he is. He has to get past money under the table so that he can pay his bills. (laughs) And he doesn't like, he does not truly enjoy any of the roles that he has been assigned. So yeah, I think he is very, I think he is in a vulnerable spot. Uh, But did you die? Important events and predictions about what's coming up. There's going to be a coterie. It's going to be an old man, <laughs> a prince, a, a, I don't want to say anything mean, a thick. <laughs> a skill musician. The tank. And surprise guest, the, car, the, the, the cabinet maker. You think half ha- is in half, the coterie? You think half, half, half is going to be skilled? No, I, it's just I'm just fucking around. Surprise, what about yes, Nettle? He's though. too boring. He ain't got shit. Nettle, Nettle, and a daughter. Yeah, yeah Nettle will be there. Nettle's gonna find. She'll him. be like, "You're not Wolfman." She's gonna start getting context clues and like fucking hunt him down or something. If he doesn't go and get her himself, right? He's denying her an education that she clearly needs. If if Dutiful needs to be trained in the skill, so does Nettle. Like, why does Net? Is it because she's a girl? Is she more responsible? Does she like what? Why would you think that she's going to be okay? Because Fitz dr- just doesn't want to deal with that part of his life. He's like, you can't bring Nettle here because I refuse to let her inherit a lot of money. But it's not even power. that because then it's like it's Nettle, but then he's also going to have to see Molly and Birch. Like he can't just have Nettle in this and not right. have to. And she doesn't know. It's she complicated. Birch is her father. Like, yeah. This, well, he yeah, also doesn't want her to be used the way that he's been used. So yeah, I, mean, I get like, it. I don't think it's gender specific. But like, I think it's his eventually, child. Eventually, he's going to have to get over it. He's going to have to figure it out. Uh, did anything make you cry? No. 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 Except for the a bad, bad sex. sex. Alyssa the cried during that sex scene, but that's it. She <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> you could hear me. I proceeded in a workman-like fashion. I'm going to embroider that and put that above the bed, Joey. Uh, she said, well, please. <laughs> Bless this workman-like fashion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Live, laugh, workman-like fashion. <laughs> Horrible, horrifying. Uh, Fashions from Jamalia. Any sadly lacking in this chapter? No fashion. Fashion-free episode. No. He was he was naked. That wasn't good. He didn't ruin any shirts though. Well, did he get blood on the shirt from the rat? Probably. I thought he was really good about keeping his hands like away from everything, but maybe not. Well, he was naked, so he wouldn't have gotten it on the shirt. That's true. And last but not least, did Fitz fits it? Yeah. Fitz is always fits it. 
Oh yeah, this the sex was fitzy as hell. <laughs> Poor Jenna. You want night eyes. I'm like, Jenna seems like a charming, happy woman. Like, why is she settling for mediocre sex with Fitz? Exactly. That's he, my question. He's he looks good. Oh no. Get it, charming. He looks good. It's like and yeah. she thought it would be better. She thought it would be better. Yeah, but she's she being keeps charmed by her own charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Right. She was before, he was so wearing nothing the but the place. charm, so yeah, probably. Nothing but the charm. Keep the charm on, baby. That's Ew. his fragrance. Nothing but the charm. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf stink man. Yeah. So good. Stink dog man. <laughs> dog stink. Dog stink man. Dog, the dog stink farce. man. Delicious. <laughs> oh, awful. Oh, I'm, like, picturing the, like, Savage the, like black and white, like, slow motion, like, uh, you know, fragrance ad with, like, a yeah. man holding a rat, like, a it's dirty It's like man. Sasquatch. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's him in, in Nettle's dream world just coming at you. No, I was thinking more, yeah. like, with, just, like, like, menacing arms. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting at trees, just a lot of... Really? Naked, <laughs> dick out, <laughs> dangling. Okay, all Too right. Big. Reminder for next reading section: We're going to be reading Golden Fool chapters ten through fourteen. This has been Bucky Radio. You can email us at Bucky Radio at Gmail, and I guess let me know in your emails if we can read them on air, maybe because I think we're going to try to do more of that. Uh, I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa, and I am located at AlyssaMaynard.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at FacelessFree on Instagram, and if you haven't checked out the turn-up outfit drawing, you should do so. Because fashion's from Trinity. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at LadybirdParker. And I was Joey at PowerKid uh, at PowerKid.exe <laughs> in, on Instagram. I really only had two beers. So... <laughs> 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 I don't know. All right. Next up is spoiler section where we will discuss a larger topic that will be ongoing. But evidently we said something in a prior spoiler section. Uh, that set a few people to sending us all the same link to a very particular blog post that Robin Hopp made in 2008 about motivations in and around mm-hmm. the last trilogy. So, um, Say no more. I know too much. Uh, it's fine. This is something <laughs> that I had scheduled to discuss uh, in the main portion of the podcast as we after we had finished the current trilogy and really more into that last trilogy. But I think we'll just start because we keep getting a lot of emails about it. So stay tuned for that, but eventually we are going to talk about it in the regular section. So if you are a new reader, don't worry, you're going to get all of that. You don't have to stay.
think that in the end, it is important to remember that we are a book club style podcast and we are taking it seriously enough for a bunch of semi inebriated bunch of dummies, but we're not like <laughs> positioning ourselves as an authority. Uh, like we like because just because we will say things about what we 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 interpret in a scene does not mean that you know we're we are the the canon right so it's also sometimes just what we want to interpret in the scene right and and for our own discussion because you know like it or not we are a closed system right like we're only talking to each other we don't have guests um, and I think that maybe we should kind of approach this link and I will link this on the description, but I'm sure if you've been in this fandom for a while, you know about the post that Robin Hobb made in 2008 that is, uh, kind of about what her motivations in and around going back to the last trilogy, um, and what she thought that the fans kind of expected and wanted versus what she expected and wanted and some other stuff about having read fanfic and like, just getting it's it's kind of a difficult post to read as a fan so i think that for me i approach it as three different kind of lenses the first lens is the relationship between the reader and the text so this is like what is explicitly canon and this is probably the most straightforward lens it's what's on the page it can get complicated by what isn't on the page um this is where people who kind of really thrive in canon live in fandom i call them the canon police um but you should remember that the hob fandom is a place of deceptions because our narrator is often very unreliable the great part about this lens is that when hob says fitz has always been brown um we can comfortably point to paragraphs that back her up so that's great that's a great feeling and we can feel really confident about things that exist in the text the second lens is the relationship between the author and the reader so that's what's communicated outside of the text. So the quote that I pulled from the post that she made, she says, in some ways, I felt like a good part of the readership didn't really want to know what I had envisioned for these characters. And she's talking about Fitz and the Fool. They weren't interested in the things that I was saying about friendship and love and identity and gender. Sometimes it seemed that they just wanted a book that ended with a torridly romantic sex scene. No. And here is where <laughs> I think it gets messy because... This is where we have to take the author at their word or not. The appendix and the apocrypha are here. What do we think the author means? What does she clarify later? How much later? When did she say it? Was it posted? Was it a commented? Who heard it? Who spread the information? So what is she saying within the confines of the genre, the will of her own heart, her publisher's bottom line, and the hopes of the readers, right? This is where authors can disappoint their audiences by saying too much. Like I feel for Hob in this space because... She obviously has seen the worst of fan behavior, judging from that post. But it's also risky for us as fans, because this is the space where authors like J.K. Rowling are currently turning into dog shit, right? <laughs> like, this is always, there's always a low-grade fear that the stories that you love and take into your heart were placed there by someone who isn't worthy. And I obviously think that Hobbes is worthy or I wouldn't be doing this, but that fear remains because we really just can't know people to their core. And honestly, we really shouldn't. Like, that would be awful. I would not want to be to like telepathic. The third lens is the relationship <laughs> between the story and the reader. It's easier here, it's customizable. This is where I imagine we live with this pod. You know, we're seven friends reading books and gabbing. 
This is where we speculate about authorial intent, but prioritize our own experience and interpretations. This is the nebulous part that no publisher or author can control or predict. And I would argue that this is the best part of being a fan. But if you don't mesh completely with what the other lenses of interpretation are doing, you can it can be a hard pill to swallow for both author and readers when maybe the part of the fandom is going in a direction that you didn't feel. So knowing all these things about my own approach to reading and fandom, I have to admit that I am really uninterested in trying to psychoanalyze Hobb via her writing, and I don't think it's fair, given that this is not a memoir, and I also think that it's an invasion of her privacy to speculate about a public figure on a podcast that, that they can't acknowledge. So I don't think I'm ever going to like sit here and try to predict how Hobb feels about stuff based on how Fitz feels about stuff, and it's why I like it when Hobb speaks up, because I don't have to interpret that, I can just read it. Um, and know how she feels. And I also kind of think that it's pretty unfair to pin all the themes of her 16 books life's work to a few paragraphs that she wrote in 2008. Um, and she kind of even says in the post that she may regret posting it. So that's a little, you know, that makes me feel kind of weird for even like reading it. Um, so not to say that she doesn't mean what she says, but it also lets, I just want to give her a break. You know, she admitted to reading fanfic and it bummed her out. And I, and that made her think that people wanted to just read smut instead of her carefully plotted and political emotional epics. Right. And I, I think that we don't want to read that. No, I don't want, like, I don't want to read that. So that is the beginning of the larger <laughs> scope of like fits in the fool shipping, you know, I mean, that, that doesn't, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I said this before several times i mean in terms of i like i don't know what they have changed for the last trilogy or not based on you know her foray into fan fiction and whatever her publishers said or didn't say or whatever because we don't know but i mean i still feel like the story ended the way it was supposed to (laughs) yeah i agree i i think it's the ending that fit the characters the best I think it's the ending she set up from the beginning I think you know I think the the three of them ending up together in a stone dragon is like that's how it should have ended I mean I think whether or not there was some I mean to me it's clear that like the fool does have feelings for Fitz and I would say you know romantic feelings for Fitz yeah. Whether or not Fitz has those back or is capable of saying that, whether or not I needed him to say it, I don't know. I kind of would have liked some sort of acknowledgement of them, but that's really it. Like, I did not need anything more than an acknowledgement of feelings for me to be, like, emotionally satisfied from that kind of shipping perspective. Like, I feel like her... Her interpretation that people want, like, a tour of the romantic sex scene is, like, horrifying. And if these characters ever engaged in that, I would be like, what in the hell is happening? Yeah, like, Like, she got online and was, like, reading, like, smut fanfic. And I'm like, whoa, okay, like, that's, like, that fanfic is... That's somebody's playground. Yeah, like, just because you write that doesn't mean that's what you want the story to be. No, like it would be a completely different genre of book, for one. And, like, two, I I think that, we, and we've talked about this before, but Fitz is a man of action, not not declarations. And, right. you know, the fool's the opposite. And I think that, like, the fool does all the talking and Fitz does all the actions. And I think that I am, I am very satisfied with Fitz's actions at the end and throughout the story 
about it, that make me comfortable in interpreting that he does love the fool. It does that mean it's sexual love? I don't know. I mean, obviously people have different interpretations of those things, but to me, romantic love does not necessarily equal tawdry sex. So no. it's, I'm fine with still shipping them, even if they're not, you know, workmanlike. <laughs> I'm great shipping them without them. If you do read Fitz as asexual, because we have talked about that before yes. slightly, I mean, and I think there, you know, there's evidence to suggest that in these, in this section, certainly that, you know, I think there's really... evidence to suggest that about the fool as well. Well, yeah I, yeah, I also agree. And like, so to that end, like, you know, romantic love is, is it like, you don't have to want to have sex with your best friend. You just, yeah. you know, love them and that's fine. And like that, that is like the ultimate thing for them. And so I feel like. I also and, and think I... in people's defense who are shipping them though, there are phrases and thoughts that you don't have about your like right. platonic yeah, yeah, best yeah. friend. Right? Like. Yeah. I you mean, don't it's... sacrifice everything and run after them every time. And I think, I think that's sort of the, I guess not in terms of like psychoanalyzing Robin Hobb, but like right. in terms of like what she may be exposed to or like in ter- like just in terms of sexuality existing on like this spectrum, you know, it, it's not so black and white and I feel like her the blog post is very black and white because she talks about, you know, like would you you know, want to like, you know s- like have sex with your best friend and I'm you like, know. well, I mean for many people they did want to have sex with their best friend. <laughs> So it's like, and then they realized, they yeah, realized well, they like, wanted to right, have sex with their right, best and like, but I feel like, I, I don't think that you know she's thinking in like you know that so and so could be you know asexual or whatever, right, like, right? I don't think she's thinking in those terms. She obviously didn't write it with that in mind. I think you can interpret that from a lot of these scenes. I just don't know if she like, I, I don't imagine that she was ever intending that reading of these characters personally. Right. I think that I think that, you know, she is not as interested for either through lack of exposure or just plain like not interested in in those types of labels. But has she written a story that resonates and is important to to, right. to people? Yeah, absolutely. And I I it's just kind of crazy to me to think that that it's not a legitimate like to me that it's a completely legitimate interpretation to be like yeah fits in the fool that's like end game it even happened on the page and any and it's also legitimate to be like well fits in the fool were just best friends and the you know and fits loved molly and that was that was the end game like i'm sure there are plenty of people that the end of tawny man is what they wanted and they didn't want anything else you know right like and i mean at the, at the end of the day, like, for me, you know, because I've read a lot of people, you know, I've, like, you know, browsed Tumblr and stuff. I've seen people who are disappointed with how things ended, like, both in yeah. Tawny Man and the last trilogy. And I'm like, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the fool was the most important person to him. Like, Molly is not the yes. most important person to him. Right. So, like, even if you didn't get the exact like you know love declaration or whatever like you're right Fitz is a man of action and so I think the fact that the fool is the most important character the most important person in his life the person he will drop everything for 
including his you know his daughter whoever yeah you know just go run after him because he has to save him because he accidentally stabbed him multiple times but you know whatever um (laughs) we'll get there uh but like you know i think because that relationship is the heart of this series like i like it is like so i don't no, and she wrote that so she wrote that blog post before like the Rainwild Chronicles were even out, let alone the last trilogy. So I, I also don't think it's fair to like bring up that freaking blog post every single time because it doesn't. It was written before she wrote the story. How can you invalidate what the author wrote just because she said something on the internet ten years before, well, five years before, or whatever, six years? Well, like, what are what are people trying to say with linking to that blog post exactly? I think they're trying to say that she said that it, they're not supposed to be in a romantic... They're like, oh, they're not in a romantic relationship. Stop trying to ship them. I mean, first of all, you can ship whatever the hell you want to ship. Yeah. I, like, come on. So I, I was more reading it as um, she, she read some sort of fan fiction. And that... I mean, it doesn't go into detail exactly what that was. But that people's takeaway based on that was wrong. And it was regarding their relationship, but I, th- I think the takeaway could have been that it was, you know, way too, you know, lusty or sexual. Is... Instead of high fantasy soul bonding. Yeah, I mean. Well, because well, they look, are soulmates. Right, because look at, that's like, the genre. Right. I mean, Fitz has, like, very faulty relationship after relationship even his like gold standard molly he doesn't he constantly (laughs) lies to her he can't believe anything that she says in the entire last bit of her life and then (laughs) like you're pregnant then then he spends eternity with the fool in in his wolf statue so it's like (laughs) Molly gets basically it's boiled down to like carrying a candle around, you know. And, and a, <laughs> she's a, not important. A couple chapters from where we are right now, it's uh, the fool, like very clearly laying out his feelings for Fitz uh, to Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I I don't. I have a hard time reading this blog post and saying. They're not, there's nothing there. I think, yeah, I think that, you know, if we go back to like the black and white sexuality thing is like, I think that she sees Fitz as straight. And I think that like, that's just the way that she was writing him, but that doesn't mean that you like, she wasn't writing a story where Fitz like, discovered that he had you know that he was this label and he you know realized he was you know romantically in love with the she's not writing that story and she could have written that story she didn't write that story but that doesn't mean that their relationship isn't deep and profound and you know that they aren't soulmates and i think you kind of just have to accept it for what it is right and i i i guess i guess the difference is is that she wrote a very 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 complex well-realized relationship between these two characters one of whom is extremely not interested in a sexual relationship with the other for uh, you know a list of reasons and 
her when she talks about it to you know that that means that he's straight and like that but they're still like platonically you know they love each other and that's okay and i i she might be saying something about like how there isn't a lot of room in current in our, in our current interpretations of love for people to have love like that and that it's important i mean maybe that is, i don't know all i know is that i see two characters that are that love each other our soulmates sacrifice each other have a baby together and <laughs> you know I, I it's hard for me to kind of move beyond that the, what Fitz says about procreation like in this book and not apply it <laughs> to procreation in other books so you know I'm just building I mean, on what's on the not that he really page. accepts <laughs> the fact that like they have a child together but you know he has a hard time with that concept he does it's, have a hard time with the concept he's in the love <laughs> he's in love with the idea of what he's supposed to have with a wife and I think that he's very satisfied with Molly and that relationship and that his and his life and his family that he built with her, you know, I don't think that invalidates the the relationship he no. had with Molly at all. Just because no. I don't particularly vibe with her character doesn't mean that it's not well written and it's not legitimate. But yeah, but, I mean, I still feel like the most important relationship he has in these books is with the fool, and oh yeah, obviously that's like, so you know. I mean, it's Molly gets discarded. His, yeah, like... it's the prophet and his catalyst. Like, no matter what, that's going to be the driving relationship in the in the story. Right. I mean, no, no matter how you interpret it, it's still the relationship. But without that sacrifice and without that dedication between the both of them, it would be really horrible and abusive, and I probably wouldn't like it. So, <laughs> True. I'm glad with the direction that she went. <laughs> it's definitely uh, made me love... I don't know. Made me love the story. I just... You know, there's just a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of this idea that like she wrote, I think she mentions this in the, in the, in the blog post, but she's like, oh, I created a fantasy world where I could start over. I could create whatever society I wanted with whatever norms I wanted. And I, I, I think I get that intellectually, but I'm still living in this world and I'm reading it and, you know, like I don't live in a vacuum and it's hard for me to to not look at to look at that and and read a romantic non-sexual relationship but that's me right and that's okay like i don't my interpretation is not ruining someone else's interpretation no i mean if you want to see them as just good friends like that's fine yeah real good pals (laughs) (laughs) who cuddle together who cuddle and yeah co-parent and well not they're terrible co-parents. Terrible, terrible co-parents. <laughs> I mean, thank thank God for the third one in that equation. Because Actually, Meta yeah, is I just raising where all I saw the children this on Reddit. So I'm sorry. Apologies if you're listening, but I um I saw someone on Reddit say that it wasn't that that Nettle had or not Nettle that B had four parents because everyone always forgets about Night Eyes. Night Eyes is very crucial to yeah know, everybody. Thank God for that. That is really all I had to say about that for for now. It will come up imminently, I'm sure, as the as we hit all of this stuff in in our, our main. Oh, the Jack scene! I love it so much. Here it comes! <laughs> Here mm-hmm. it comes! The truth bomb. <laughs> she looked at him like a shark, eh? She looked at him like a shark, and she said. 
why aren't you uh, hooking up with this smoking hot lady that I know? <laughs> Trace is like, what? What lady? Hate that lady. You know why I hate that lady? Because she's not my fool. Who ruined his face? <laughs> Nobody could ruin his face. <laughs> like, oh, I like that. <laughs> Uh, that is it. We can... Anything else? We're good? Good. Thanks, Em. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.